What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. But a cough! Hey, behaves! Here we are on a Friday weekend pod. Good, good. I mean, really, we're going through it earlier. The college football a little hotter than the uh, NFL games this weekend. I actually think, though, for the first time, first time, long time, <laughs> we have a good afternoon slate NFL-wise. We got Bear Saints. We got Baltimore-Seattle. Just those two games. But that's typically better yeah. than what we've had the last having, like, three or four weeks. Having two games in the afternoon is... That are, that are watchable and just have implications on the playoffs. and I, I, I can dig that. And then the night game, even though it's two three and three teams, it is... It's a good night game, right? Give me Cowboys, Eagles, in Jerry's world. Definitely. I don't know, and he's got his back, and we've been talking about this for years. Jerry would rather fucking sell a percentage of the Cowboys than go on a coaching search. That's Jerry's worst nightmare right now than thinking about. Now, the way Jerry would do it, I saw Urban Meyer say this morning, like he was asked about Lincoln Riley to Dallas. He's like, that's the one job. You know, it's a classic coach speak. Like, couldn't Lincoln be like, well, I might be able to get that job in like five years. You know, I'm 37. I'm not 50. It's not, I'm not a one job. Like, I'm at Oklahoma. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I do think, like, let's just say Jerry offers him $100 million or something. And he, just for whatever reason, he says no. Like, then you do have to go on the search. Like, you just have the one. Like, because Jerry's a, here's my offer. Take it or leave it. It's a sweet offer. But if the guy does say no... Then I think Jerry's like, okay, we got to go fucking interview candidates. It, what are the in five years? Do you think Lincoln Riley's had the Heisman winner at quarterback every year since between now and then? I just like he's had a really good run, and he gets a lot of credit, and he should. But but he's that Oklahoma guy, and they just win all the time. I know. So even your down years, you go ten and two. Like no, he's just. I know. I'm just saying. Like if your plan is I'll hang here for five more years, then you should just go. But I, I, I also think, not even a five-year, I, I think his plan, if, if you had him over beers and you said, 
could you stay here the rest of your career as long as they'd have you? I think he could say with a straight face, yes, I would. Yeah, which is – and I'm with you. And so then you don't – Is it a top, is it a top five like job a, in America? The Oklahoma football? In college? Uh, I think it's safe to say it's, yeah, it's up it's, there, though, it's, right? It's in the conversation for sure. Is Michigan – What would the ca- – uh, I'd put Oklahoma above Michigan. What would you say the best job in America is? Ohio State? Yeah. Texas. Because you, you can recruit SEC players. But actually, the Big Ten's pretty hard. Texas, maybe. It's a tough call. But is, is Texas? Yeah, I mean, you're in Austin. You play like... You're, you're in Texas. You just work from a recruiting I, I, standpoint. I think LSU is pretty special. LSU and Alabama, obviously, are good. Well, there, there's a He's lot of jobs that, jobs when they're good, are great jobs. Like but Michigan, when it's get, bad, is bad. That's where I get back to Oklahoma. When's Oklahoma been bad, guy? Just when you Google like their last 50 years, they just fucking win all the time. They've actually been more consistent. I would imagine if you did like a deep analytical dive, probably beside Ohio State, you know, because it's crazy. When we were growing up, it was like Nebraska, Florida, Florida State. Now they blow. Now Florida State's been consistently better than like Miami and Nebraska who fell off a cliff. But I'd say Oklahoma has been just one of the steady kind of figures. LSU, too. I mean, LSU's been really good. Texas hasn't. I mean, they had some down years when we were kids. Like, I, I yeah, remember but to me, that, back. that doesn't make the job worse. No, but I just mean it's not just – I think you're kind of guaranteed to win at Oklahoma because you've just had a steady stream of elite NFL players. You've had a steady stream of just winning. Like, there's no – you don't really sell on anything besides we're sweet and we're kicking the shit out of everyone. That, that, to me, is like Ohio State. They kind of hang their hat on. We just don't lose, you know? Yeah. We're just, we're just sweet. In every generation of every three or four see, years. We're what I'm saying is, though, like, I think, to me, the greatest negative at Texas is it just seems like being the coach at Texas is a pain in the ass. You just are yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. A lot of coaches, not, I, a lot of boosters. Maybe at Oklahoma, you don't have as many high school coaches that all think they're owed something by your program. Well, that, that's where I, that's where I think Texas and USC are kind of in this world where yeah. when it when it's good, it's like driving a Ferrari or dating Cindy Crawford. But when it's not perfect, it is much much more difficult than like Ed Ogeron or Nick Saban's job, where they just or Kirby Smart, where they're just in charge. You know, like in Texas, unless you're winning natties, are you in charge or are you answering to like Sixville Knights? And same with SC. And the SC's got this other thing where they just keep going down the well, right? It's like, guys, just just go hire Matt Campbell. You know, just go hire an athletic director that knows how to be an athletic director. Just go, okay, we don't have to get Urban Meyer. Just go get, offer Lincoln Riley the job. Now, I'm, I'm not, he wouldn't take it. But, you know, do stuff like that. Like, the stuff that big boy programs do. Like, what's Alabama going to do if Nick Saban at the end of the year goes, I retire? They're going to offer the state to, to Dabo Sweeney. That's, that's the way you conduct yourself. Right? What did LSU do when they fired Les, Les Miles? They went all in for Tom Herman. He ultimately said no, and they ended up with Eddie, which actually kind of worked out well. But I, I like, carry yourself like you're the Yankees if you're a top. Like, there are eight or ten programs that should think like that. And SC kind of got derailed. Now, you could argue, has SC, if you really kind of take out Pete... You know, in our life, I remember going to games with my dad at Cal when they had Keyshawn Johnson. It's not like they were winning eleven games. No, you know? no, Pete's been an outlier in recent history. Yeah, no doubt. 
No doubt. But I think we all we all would be better off out here on the West Coast if that program could come 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 back. <laughs> Please. Please. Because you realize, like, watching the NFL game last week, which was mainly 49er fans, well, that place rocking. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's it's got a little. It's a much bigger version of like the Coliseum or Candlestick, where you're just like this. Pl- I, I haven't been in the new press box, but just this place kind of shitty and old in the middle of the hood. But when you're in there and the game's big, you're like this fucking place is awesome. And there's more. You'd say in L.A. My guess is there are far more passion, like the most passionate, like so, like the eight to ten scale USC football fans and Rams fans. At least right now, that could change as time goes on. But right now. I think there's more people that are the most passionate you can be about USC football than they are about the LA Rams. I was thinking about this last night. If USC football is number one, because people were ripping Stanford's crowd last night. I'm like, guys, have you been paying attention? No one shows up to Stanford's crowd, whether they win or lose. Would you put Fresno State, in terms of the, of the passion for the fan base, second behind USC football of all the football programs in the state? Or would you put Cal second behind USC football? Of like actual quantity of people that care, and you can get a sellout crowd if you're really good. Well, actual quantity of people that care is definitely Cal. Can you get a sellout crowd if you're really good? It's Fresno State, but it's different environments. But if you're sweet for Cal, I think we Tedford just said, had some high highs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think if we more just people go to these. What's that? Well, Fresno State's like in the conversation of you know. Now, granted, it's not much competition, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, there's only four. I mean, we're talking about, what, six programs? Two L.A. ones. Yeah, two Bay Areas. Two ones up here. San Diego State. San Diego State, San Jose State, Fresno State. Oh, yeah, San Jose State. So they'd be last. San Diego State would be second to last. Stanford would be right ahead of them. And then it'd be, you know, UCLA. I'd put Fresno State above UCLA because I was at Fresno State when we played them 30,000 people from Fresno showed up. But I do think there's a difference between the number of people that check the score and say, I care about this score versus how many, whether or not you can sell out the stadium, right? Like you're saying that UCLA has more people that just casually check the score. Yeah. yeah. Alumni and people in LA. Yes, yeah, it's UCLA. Right. <laughs> Fresno's got a lot of people nothing, check the score. Yeah, there's nothing think? wrong. There's nothing wrong. They got a big one coming up. You still check Fresno scores? Well, I will Friday night, tonight, as we record this, I do. UNLV. I click on Mountain West scores. The fight, every week, Eric, I... the fight in Eric Brown's tonight. I click on Rebels Dogs. They're getting 14 points. You like them? Who? Uh, UNLV. Yeah. A little homecoming for uh, not just Eric Brown, but a guy named Tim Skipper. That's right. The Skipper Brown Against Jeff Tedford. Scott Thompson, tight end coach. Kirby Kirby Moore, Kellen's brother, wide receiver coach. Heard he's a grinder. All right, this podcast is brought to you by Ease.com and EaseWellness.com. With a promo code, as always, is HAM for you first-time ha- users. HAM! That gets you 20 bucks off your first delivery. HAM, HAM! Yep, just go to my bookie. Excuse me. Ease.com. already getting ahead of myself. Uh, we've got sponsors galore, guy. Ease.com. Get your THC. Uppers, downers, pre-rolls, edibles. Took it. Actually, a friend come over. She came over. And uh, brought some edible sleep. Okay. Uh, little gummies uh-huh. and yeah, out like a light. First time I ever had sleep gummies. Oh, uh, she got them from ease.com promo code ham. And then obviously our friends at easewellness.com. 
Uh, also promo code ham. Big, uh, you know, if they're like we talked about, the earthquake hits and you're under that rubble, you can grab that CBD and just rub it all over your body, and you know, you probably feel a lot better. Full dis, you know, I guess the disclaimer would be CBD was not invented for earthquakes, but just you know, we we have an earthquake problem around us right now, uh, and uh, it's just shaking galore, and you want to have your CBD close to you. EaseWellness.com promo code ham. A podcast also brought to you by you mentioned in my bookie. .ag. The promo code there is HAM and the numeral 1. HAM and the numeral 1. You can also, uh, with that promo code, activate the offer that MyBookie will double your first deposit. If you want that, with that promo code, MyBookie, fastest payouts, better lines than any other sports book. Guy, I, I got three bets for you right now that I feel I feel very, very good on. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. They're all based on Saturday, too. And we'll get into Sunday a little bit later. But MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Boise State at BYU. Boise's freaking good. And BYU's not bad either. The over-under is 45 and a half. I like the over. Boise just, I, granted, they just played Hawaii, but there was about 8 million points scored. I think they go to BYU, just the two of them. I mean, if Boise scores 30 and BYU scores, you know, 16, boom, you hit it. I think it'll be well over that. Like Arizona, the uh, fighting Wildcats, bear down, getting 10 points. At a reeling SC program, uh, no, I don't think so. They played well again. You know, they they. I think they probably came out of it feeling okay about themselves after Notre Dame. Yeah, but it's just the elephant in the room is the coach, and they're three and three, and hasn't affected the way they play. No, they play hard, and they still got dudes right. You, you know, I would imagine Arizona ain't rolling out Chris uh, McAllister to cover these guys. They don't. You know, defense hasn't really been the Wildcats thing over the years. But I do like Arizona. Khalil Tate's plan, right? He back? Yeah, he came back last week when they got blown up by Washington. Tough or he came back, I'm sorry, he came back two weeks before that against Colorado. Played really well. Arizona plus 10 uh, at the Coliseum. And then, what was the other game? Oh, Oregon State plus 11 at Cal. So I'm just, I'm, I'm riding some dogs. Some dogs yeah. that you would say the lower end of the program, uh, of the conference. Arizona, what? Though? They're like 4-2. and two. Like, their record's not bad, right? Yeah. 4-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, they've lost to uh, Hawaii and uh, Washington. And the two best games out west are Arizona State at Utah. I think it's going to be a tough matchup for the uh, the young fella, the quarterback at Utah. Uh, it could be his like first kind of humbling moment. Uh, and then the game of the day, just because the team's kind of playoff-wise alive, Oregon. This would be a big win if Oregon could just blow out Washington, right, on the road. When I say blow out, you know, win convincingly by double digits. Yeah. I think I think if they both play their best, Oregon is a touchdown better. So I, I picked Oregon in this game. I like them. I don't. The problem is I don't. I got something weird in my gut tells me it's not. It's if Herbert plays great, then they win. Washington's been up and down. I think they'll be up for this game just because it's this game. Uh, but they were down at halftime at Arizona last week, and they just lost to Stanford. Like Washington's got problems. Yeah, but Sidney Jones, Buda Baker, and uh, <laughs> Kenny King ain't walking through that door. And Easton's been inconsistent, so... Um, Vita Vaya. No, you had it right, Vita Vaya. So I picked Vita Oregon Vaya. in this game. The other one, I picked Utah to cover 12.5, whatever it is, 13.5. I got 13.5, yep. Um, you know, Herm Edwards has never lost a regular season game. I say never. It's a year and a half at ASU by double figures. And they lost five games last year but uh, in the regular season. But the, the loss to Fresno State was an 11-point loss. That's the only double-digit loss they've had. In a in year the bowl and a half, game? yeah, in the bowl game, Vegas bowl. Well, if you the, my one big takeaway, and I highly recommend. So they don't get blown out. Is my point. 
the, the Hard Knocks college is pretty sweet. Like, if, if you're a Power 5 school, you should call HBO and say, I want a week. <laughs> I mean, I, I think HBO by next year, it'll be a 12-week format. Just every week, Hard Knocks at a different program. Yeah. Which, to me, by far, maybe it's just the one week, it's better than the NFL one. And maybe it's just new. I, yeah. But one thing you see with ASU is they're tough. Like, that is not a pussy program. Right. Like, that shit is just not allowed there. They got some crazy-ass coaches. Herm is by far the most normal one in terms of being, a, like, he's nice. You know, he's not looking to MF you. They're just, they're intimidating. Like, Marvin Lewis looks at you on the field. I mean, this guy. Marvin Lewis, like, you just think, oh, yeah, the dude's been playing the Steelers and the Ravens for the last 15 years. Like, that is a tough motherfucker. Like, think about the, the, the Bengals teams. Kevin Mawai, the dude's a Hall of Fame center. Like a, a Hall of Fame center. They're tough, man. I, I don't know if they're as talented as Utah. Who Utah is like kind of the standard in the conference. Would you agree for toughness? Like yeah. They, that's like they hang their hat yeah, on. Yeah, you know, they've got, they're starting two freshmen on the offensive line still. They'll be good, but Utah's defensive line is really good. You know, the, the one thing that they said at Arizona State, which I think more and more coaches talk about now, but they truly embrace, and you know you call their games, like when they recruit, they want guys to tell them, like, I want to play in the NFL. Like, her, that excites Herm. Yeah, because Herm, cause Herm you know, says that, it's a win-win. You come here, you play good football for three years, we'll get you ready for the league. It's a win-win. Yeah. You get an education? But they're also, like, Graduate. their big thing is, like, Calipari. Well, I think Calipari guarantees you start. But, you know, a lot of college basketball coaches want the one-and-dones. But I, don't, I didn't tell him on his couch he was guaranteed to start. I kind of winked at him. Right. <laughs> you know Herm's not telling these guys that. No, you know, he's and not. That, and Antonio Pierce. Because he had three true freshmen show up in January to play quarterback. Is Evan Long one of them? Ethan. Super, what did you call him? Captain America. What, yeah, he called, I, I was told that Herm views him like John Lynch. Herm like does, yeah. Like, I, I th- he told me that in a meeting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, he I think th- he tells well, he, everyone that. But, but he thinks he can become – he thinks – he's like, well, you know, will he be a safety by the time he leaves here? Came in as a quarterback, but he plays like special teams, plays wildcat. Well, they don't call it that. Sparky package offense. He plays everything because he went to the offensive coordinator in the summer and was like, I have to be on the field. They're like, well, you know, you got to play – you got to battle out with Jaden. He's like, no, you don't understand. I have to be on the field. I don't care. I, I just – you got to – I got to get on the field somehow, some way. So well, that was the one thing in the hard knocks – they're like, yeah, it's pretty abnormal. True freshman who's not even a starter is a team captain. Like, and it's like the players vote for that, right? Right. So this guy, people like him. Yeah, he's impressive. Like he, he. If you're getting shit like that, maybe he is John Lynch. So when does when does he transition to safety? Like next year when they yeah. get more quarterbacks? Maybe or? this offseason. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's good. Herm's great. Herm's great. The new the new Pete Carroll, Herm Edwards in the Pac-12. Well, you, you watch him, guy, and you think, does he have more energy than me? Yes. You know, you yeah, because he's up at four thirty. That's how the thing starts. Yeah, but what time is he going to bed? Like eight. Well, I I don't know. Does he go to bed at ten? Maybe he just doesn't need as does much. Does he get sleep. up at four thirty after an eight o'clock kickoff? The next, I don't know. It's a good question. I've always thought about stuff like that with those guys. I, I've always heard that they do, and then they just feel it harder. Like by three days later, you know. Like I, I've talked to people about Gruden. Say, what does he look like by Thursday or Friday? Like, he's worn out. You know? Maybe it was a little easier when he was, like, our age. I, you just, it's human nature. Like, you don't have unlimited amount of energy when you're waking up that early at 
55 years old. Then again, like I've seen Andy, like he just don't stop. They're just mentally tougher than most. That's that's a big part of it. Just grind through. Yeah. Just trying to get that perfect play, guy. That's all they think about. <laughs> well, I mean, let's talk about Andy because he had his perfect quarterback. And then Thursday night, Patrick Mahomes, who was already hurt, got hurt. Like bad. Kneecap. Had to pop that sucker back in. It was weird. Ugh. Uh and so now he's out. I, I did not know Matt Moore was their backup quarterback, honestly. You sent me the photo of Matt Moore at Kyler Murray's pro day. Not was as he another there as a fan? No, he was there as like a scout. Then somebody told me today, Friday, that he had, I guess when he was in Miami, tried to do some stuff just to help him transition to a front office job. So, or coach some high school football, or I don't even know. I, don't, I like him a lot more knowing that he was like thinking like that. Yeah. He's, he's like the Gardner Minshew of pro quarterbacks. You mean just kind of lasting? No, just like was was had set his mind. I'm going to be a coach, oh. and then the opportunity to play <laughs> arrived. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but he's. I, I mean, wonder if he's like, wait, my vet minimum as a backup quarterback is like 1.6. What's the scouting vet minimum? They're like, ah, oh, eighty-seven thousand dollars starting. <laughs> he's uh, like, ah. Oh. What if I'm the third string quarterback and the scout? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just yeah, add those two I, together. My, my initial thought when he went down was one, it was pretty freaky, and I thought for a split second maybe someone broke his ankle. You know, someone fell on him, and then when you see the knee pop back in, where does he go on the short list of players right now in pro sports that when they go down and it clearly looks pretty significant, everyone on their couch goes silent? Because I think Durant was clearly that when he went down, it was clear like an Achilles. Yeah. You know, I think Rodgers is one of those guys. And we've seen it happen to him on primetime games. I'd say Brady, but, I mean, fuck, the guy's been a, a, a war daddy since the ACL. He's never even been phased. But he's on the I list. He would be on the list, but he just, like, you can't even imagine. He doesn't come out. What team, yeah, but it's, I think the question you ask yourself is, like, what team do you just write off immediately the second that guy gets hurt? Well, like, I'll give you a team. Russell Wilson gets be. hurt, write him off. We've yes. seen it. I don't want to say, I, are you about to say Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, no, because I actually think that they might be like, if Jimmy missed a month, could they win some games with, you know, it'd be harder. It'd be 100% harder, but I couldn't say it just in set in stone. I was going to use Curry on this Warriors team without clay. If he ever like has one of those moments where he's being carried off the, the court and you're like, are we going to be, dra- they're going to start thinking like, are we drafting five overall? Well that, yeah, that's like a minimum uh, month. Are we fucked? Curry's got on this individual team. I would say yeah. If Jimmy was carted off the field on paper, it really it should be. It doesn't. He doesn't. He's not Mahomes or Russell Wilson or Steph Curry. But on paper, when he's played, they've won. When he hasn't, they haven't. Yeah. Mahomes. They are much more dependent on Mahomes. Not necessarily last night, but just in general, right? Which with the way they play. Yeah, and if I mean, really, if anybody, it is kind of funny when you think about it. Because I was looking at Mark Sanchez on TV today, thinking like that guy's nickname was Sanchez. What does that mean? It means franchise. He was never the franchise. But if anybody deserves that nickname right now, it is Patrick Mahomes. Like, he is the franchise. Even though they've got a great coach, he's the franchise. Do you know what else I thought about last night, guy? Is sometimes that we just go, this guy is going to be the the greatest player ever. Because I think some people can say that, right? He has the upside to be the greatest quarterback ever. Most times when we say that, it doesn't come to fruition for whatever reason. You know, Kaepernick 
is an example, probably the most extreme example. Because that was a bold take at the time. Yeah, but it, it was a bold take. But I do think we all acknowledge like his physical tools were stupid, yeah. right? Yeah. This guy seems a little bit more of a less of the gadget player. Like he's not dependent on running at all. But to just lock a guy set in stone that he's going to be healthy for 10-plus years is hard to do, isn't it? Like, people were saying probably Brett Favre's having this great run when he's winning all these MVPs. I guess once you win three straight MVPs and go to two Super Bowls, your your legacy's kind of established. Then you just build on it from there. But you just never know. Like, what if he gets hurt again? You know, it's just it's a violent position. And I, I, the other thing I wondered last night was he'd hurt his ankle earlier in the season running around. Last night, a little more freaky, but I think regardless how this season plays out, and I was telling you before, I, I think that there's a decent chance that we don't see him till after the bye week. You know, why, you can't rush this player, especially if they can just find a way to win a couple games over the next four. Just so someone doesn't tweet this at us, but by this morning, Friday, there was the report he'll miss at least three. Okay, right. He'll miss at least three games, and they got four games till the bye. Um, so... They obviously have these extra three days, so you right. get three weeks and three days. That th- I don't know. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but whoever their fourth game is against, I just uh, they go they go uh, Packers, Vikings, Titans, Chargers. I think if somehow you can win one of these next two games, which is hard, right? But I, are both those two games in Kansas City? The Packers and the Vikings games are yeah yeah they're at home. And then they go to Tennessee, and then they host the Chargers. Do you think they can win one of those two games at home with Matt Moore? Be difficult. Yeah, with their de- if they had a better defense. Do you agree if they can win one of those two games, they're in pretty good shape to try and make it through without them till the bye week? Yeah, if they get, they're in great shape, and really by the end you need to go two and two, and you're like, well, we're at the Titans, and we host the Chargers after that. We could go two and two. It would just feel you'd, you'd have a few weeks of kind of panic if you lose the next two and you're five and four. I would agree. Let's say they win two of the next three. So they split one of these two NFC North games and then you win that Titans game. Would you, if you're like, well, he's 80%, would you, is there any way you'd rush him back for a division game at home with a bye coming up? Because you're already, you're playing, you're no, gravy. Well, right? here's the other part of this, and we'll get to the Raiders aspect of this too, like the door cracking open for them a little, but. They're five and two right now. The Raiders are three and two. Um, the Chargers are two and four. So, what are the uh, you? What are the Broncos now? Two and five. Two and five. They stink. Home field is out the door. Like that's over, right? You're not going to have a better record than New England at this point. So, you know, if you win two out of the next three, I don't think you bring them back for that game. Would you say if they were instead of five and two, they were six and one right now, where they had that extra game to work with, it'd be like a no-brainer. But you're right; you lose these next two games in a row, and let's just say somehow the Raiders split one. You're like, even though you go, well, they still got to come to us and we beat them. So they they're not just a game behind; they're a game behind and they have to beat us. So you go, and Mahomes would be back for that game. I, I do think you have a pretty good buffer even at five and two, but like you said, the nature of the sport—you just win back to back or lose back to back games. Even in there, isn't it safe to say like more than likely you lose back to back games on your way to Tennessee for your then you're going but, on the road. But but I think if you were going glass half full, you go more than likely even if you lose these next back to back games, 
Those are two playoff teams. No, there's no doubt. But just we're, I'm just, and I think you, you, this is kind of what you're saying too. You're just thinking about it in the context of you've lost the next two. Okay, it's Monday right now after you've lost those last two weeks, and you're, you're five, five and four. four, and you're going to Tennessee. You're playing a road game with Matt Moore. Well, are the Raiders four and three, or are they, are they three and four? It's a big yeah. That, that that to me makes a big difference because if they're three and four, you're in pretty good position. But what's Tennessee? I mean, they just changed their quarterback. You might be going, well, let's just we'll go to Tennessee. We'll win that game. We'll be in good shape coming home for the Chargers, who stink. But like they're one of those I know, shitty I st- teams. I know, like, well, what if that. Keenan Allen has two hundred yards and you know Eckler and Melvin Gordon? They're they're the worst type shitty team because you don't look at them like, well, I'm playing the Redskins this week. You're like, well, we're playing the Chargers. Their records are relevant because you're going to be in a tie game in the fourth quarter. Well, at That's some point during the year, you thought they were good. Yeah, well, I thought about three weeks ago, guy. I know. <laughs> I mean, now it's just at the end of the day, they might be uh, a five-win team, but I, I, it still feels a little unlikely. I'm going to have to believe that one first. But every year we get that. I think the one, the way it's hard to look at the Chargers like a five-win team is it's not like Rivers got hurt. Now, I did hear something the other day about a stat with Rivers. Like, his last year was one of his career highs. Like, one of his best years passing the ball yards per per attempt and all that stuff. Yesterday, someone with the Raiders was like, and I like Everett. I actually like him a lot. The dude, he's a PR guy, but he was tweeting out all these stats for Derek. Like, he's the number one yards per attempt in the red zone. It was like different red zone stats. And everyone's like, where's all the... Like, I, I, you don't get credit for yards per attempt in the red zone, do you? Like I, 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 that that's that's the most meaningless stat ever. The, no one's ever given a fuck about yards per attempt in the red zone because a lot of times you're within the ten. Like it's what are we talking about? Your yards per attempt, we judge you twenty to twenty. In the red zone, you could average two yards per attempt if you're Tom Brady. No one cares. You have a goal to score touchdowns. That's all that matters. <clears throat> yards per attempt matter the other part of the field. And Derek's earned that reputation of checking the ball down. And I like the guy, but he checks the ball down too much. Now part of that might be the offense. I think Rivers is somewhat kind of getting that. His just just kind of throw the ball up in the air doesn't quite work as much as maybe it once did. And remember, he did that for a long, long time. Well, he had Antonio Gates. I don't know if you heard he was a basketball player. Vincent Jackson was like 6'6 and could run like a 4'2. It's a little more difficult. As you just, like, they clearly like that guy because remember when they drafted Mike Williams, everyone's like, "Whoa, didn't see that one coming." Well, what do they like? They like jump ball guys because that's kind of how Rivers plays. You know, it's just it's just hard to maintain that style. Like Mo- Rogers is a precision. Russell Wilson is precision. Rivers is a little more just. That's why he's kind of enjoyable. That's why I've always rooted for him. Is doesn't really play like a lot of the other quarterbacks, does he? Now he does, when he's on fire, he can pick you apart. But a lot of his deep balls are just. Let it rip, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what, what was that? What uh, what did Tom Hanks say about just go deep, go deep baby? Yeah, you know that's throw and Rivers does that. And but the problem is right when he has a couple, three or four straight weeks where he's off, that just go deep, baby. It, the the dude is sitting there like uh, Willie Mays, just bucket catch. You're right. If Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes throw the prettiest, Michael Vick throw the prettiest deep balls. What good quarterback throws the worst one? I mean, maybe it's Phillip. He definitely throws the most interceptable one, doesn't he? <laughs> in the history of the league. In the history of the league. That's just like most 10 inter- yards off. Yeah, most interceptable ball past 25 yards. Because it just floats. 
Just like, is this a balloon up there? I, I would imagine most defensive meetings when you're getting ready for the Chargers, when the coordinator's telling their DBs, like, this is our week to get some balls. Tips and overthrows? Tips and overthrows. Um, all right, we'll get to the Raiders aspect of this, whether or not the door's opening for them, but because they got the Packers this week. Um, the Niners have a game we were talking about the other day. Is this game for the 49ers a trap game? And part of what you, you said, you're like, well, first of all, there's not really trap games in the NFL. doesn't really feel like it usually works that way. Sometimes you can kind of look past the team, but usually you still win that game. I feel like in the NFL, in college, you look past somebody – Sometimes you get beat that way. NFL, I feel like it happens last. I, I would say, regardless who you are, if you're just a decent team, I think as the season goes, Miami becomes that. Like, how do you take Miami seriously? But could they beat but you they, if you they, don't? Probably not. But they are so extreme where Guy Haberman's a starting guard or starting wide receiver. How do you focus on that week? They, guy, they're terrible. Now, they're so terrible, you're right. You just beat them. But they're going to have a couple games, I would guess. Like the Bills, the fucking Buffalo Bills are a 17-point favorite against the Miami Dolphins. I think Buffalo averages like 13 points a game. That might be a little low. But they, and you they start at sc- zero. They're 17-point favorite, a team that can't score. Now their defense is unreal, but 17 points? You think we've gotten – now Frank probably gave a good effort, but all the other guys super locked in this week if you're a Bills? And I don't. I wouldn't. I. I. I don't blame them at all. Because I wouldn't either. Well, Kyle. So Kyle Shanahan and you posted the video the other day during his press conference about the best part of being in Washington. Mayoko asked him. He said, "Working with my dad." And then he said, "In the players." He said. Then they asked him the worst part. He said everything else. They asked if it was any extra motivation. I'm not sure who followed up with this. Maybe it was Matt. And he said, "No, not at all." That was a while ago. I've been in three different buildings since. My dad's retired. He's good. We've accepted what we had to deal with there, and we've moved on. We'll watch other people deal with it. End quote. He is Do you not appreciate look- the pettiness? Yes. <laughs> he is, there's no way he's looking past this game. I don't think so either. But is a weird spot for him because coaches never like to make it about themselves. Do you think he at all addressed the team – and just said, guys, I fucking hate these guys. Or do you think he I'd be even, surprised. You don't think he'd do that? I would be surprised by that. Do you think he would do it? I wouldn't discount it. Because if it's something you truly feel passionate about, why wouldn't you use that? And if you, if you know your team likes you, like, listen, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. This team's not very good. We know that. We're the better team. The film speaks for itself. We are better than them. I fucking despise these people. I hate them with a passion unknown to humankind. Every time I think about them, they make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I want to kill these guys. Now, that's the anti-Belichick because that's even when Bill... I I don't think Bill ever talks like that, even though he holds grudges and hates clearly a lot as much as any coach ever. I do think it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could do something like it's. If I was an assistant coach for Kyle, I, you could throw this out there in like a meeting on Monday. Like, would it be the worst thing to bring this up, Kyle, to kind of give him a little juice? Like, the guys like you a lot. You know, this isn't one where you make it about you necessarily. Like, we don't talk about it during the week. It's not about me, but just so everyone knows, I, I fucking despise these guys. 
Like, I, if I no, was assistant coach and he brought, he's like, you think I, idea. you think I should say it to the team? I'd be like, as long as you tell them, like, don't, it's not, it's not worth it to talk about outside these walls that I told you this. And that's that's tough, Detroit, because guys are just in the heat of the moment. They'd be like, well, Kyle said he hates him, and I hate him now too. Yeah, you're just kind of flowing. That would be the risk. You know, you just coaches are big on like letting things get out. Just because players, even in a harmless manner, can't help themselves. Because they're just reiterating what they hear. Yeah, I mean, maybe if it's like... This is one, like, if you're Sala for the defense, like, fuck these guys. Our guy hates them. Maybe maybe that's where the assistant coaches come in. I could also see it like you don't hold a meeting just to tell them you hate them. But when you're going through things for the week, right, maybe that's just one of the things. Like... Maybe that's just one of the things. Yeah, like they're seventh in turnover margin. They're this, this, this. And the last one, I hate these motherfuckers. And, and it kind of lightens up the room. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. You might be able to do it while being serious in a light way. Here's a picture of me when I was miserable. It's a picture of him as the OC of the Washington Redskins. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. I think you could pull it off. You kind of talk me into it. Um, they they asked Lafleur about it today. Lafleur. They asked him. They asked Matt Lafleur if he saw what Kyle said. Oh, okay. And Lafleur, <laughs> and Lafleur didn't take the bait. And he, he could have. He kind of laughed at it. Here, let me. Uh, what did he say? Did he say no? He hadn't heard it, or just play it for you right now. He said no. He hadn't heard it, which isn't. At first, I'm like, yeah. I mean, he's dealing with the Raiders. Why would he even heard it? about the uh, Redskins earlier this week, and if so, have you guys talked about how great it was to escape that dumpster fire? <laughs> yeah, I, no. I, what do you say? They didn't see it? No. They asked him about his time in Washington, no. and he said the good part was getting to coach fortunate to work with some of my my best friends in this in this game you know I worked with there so uh, I think those are the things you hold on to yeah I, he's not quiet in the status where he can just be shitting on people Kyle clearly no but he also he did laugh at it he though. did laugh like, he at didn't... it and he could have <laughs> said I'm not getting it he you know he could have cut it off he said yeah. what did he say so and that guy's like chance. well I saw in all likelihood it's a he Packers reporter, that. right? Yeah, it is. I think it was Nagler. So, I don't. Aaron's pretty locked in. I don't think he watches all of Kyle Shanahan's press conferences. I think we can assume that that question got to Matt Lafleur because you posted the video of it. One million percent. I, I, I knew that it was just full disclosure. You I sent saw, it to Nagler. Well, no, I saw Yahoo po- post it. Yeah, and I was just going to quote tweet it. And then I saw that they got it from 95-7 the game. Okay. But it was kind of live and shaky. Now, 95-7 the game blocked me, so I couldn't quote their tweet. So I said, well, Middlecoff's mind started working. Why don't I go watch the press conference and rip it for myself? So I did. So I was inspired by their work, and it it led to that going to the Packers. Are you still blocked? I'm still blocked, yes. Are you blocked? No, I I was for a long time. I must have got unblocked. So it was... uh, Petty move by me a little too, you know. I, no, you I, wanted the better I, video quality, better audio quality. One hundred percent. You didn't want to, now. Now you got to talk to Dickinson about that because that's his handiwork. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, we're all fighting for real estate here, right? <laughs> we're all fighting for real estate. It's a great thing. It's like, well, I, I, I don't even need to go to the press conference. I can find the same shit. What's the spread on this game? Uh, nine and a half, last I saw. I see it at ten now. You are probably right, then. I, I, I just have a hard time. Niners on the road, 10 a.m. kickoff. I get a really shitty team, but... I don't view them quite like the Patriots yet. I got nine and a half as of like five minutes okay. ago. It's just some lock to just win every game by 15 yeah. points, right? No, I, it's... Eventually, like you get back, like you said, this is the NFL. You know, in college, we consistently see just ass kickings and ass kickings. Like an ass kicking in the NFL is like the Cardinals running circles around the Falcons in the second half, and they win by one. You know, like the eye test, that's the powerful thing about the eye, about the NFL. In college, you go, yeah, they beat them by 30, and it looked like 60. In the NFL, you're like, God, they kicked the shit out of them. They won by three? You know, it just, the, the scores, would you say, consistently don't look. Now, close games are close games. But like last yes. night, I don't know the final score of the Broncos. I turned it off when it was 27-7, to 7, or 27-6, to because they missed the two-pointer. Guy, that game felt like 75 to negative 5. That's what the game felt like. So if the final score turned out to be 27 to 6, there is no chance on God's green earth any person could watch that game. And if you just didn't, you had no scoreboard, and you just ask them what the score was at the end of the game, they would have said like 40 to 3, you know? Yeah. That's the thing about the NFL. Games are just... And it probably gets back to right. You have much more. Are there a lot more possessions in college? Typically, like two, two on each side of the ball. Uh, or not necessarily. They're just know. more efficient. Quite, to I score. mean, like now, I think they probably are. Yes, now there definitely are. Herm wants less, but I mean, you look at the way these teams play. There's definitely but more it, possessions. It, final. So the final score was thirty to six. I mean, that's thirty six is well, a pretty are big you blowout, right? Like, like would you say the Niners game when thir- they played on Monday Night Football and won that game thirty one to three? That's the equivalent of Ohio State beating someone sixty to nothing. Yeah, those are college. To me, thirty-one to three in the NFL is like a co- that feels like a college game. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Would, last night, would you say felt like a college game? 30, 30 to six. From what I watched, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to watch. Uh, it was hard to watch. Do you? So I do look at the Niners. Given that, I do just look at them like, and I know is Debo. I know he was out for, at practice. I mean, he did not practice. He was out with a groin. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a decent chance he as of seems like he's uh, not the, playing. Yeah, Kittle's gonna play. Uh, but so my question is, can the Niners prove anything to you this week? Because they can to me. Like last week, it was ah, I don't know if they can pull it off. They pulled it off. This week, they're supposed to win. Do they just look like they're like they should look when the Niners play the Redskins? Now, like you said, it's a road game. It's a ten a.m. They've had an emotional week, big win, all that. So if they just win it, then they win it, and that's all that matters. But if they roll out and they win this game, thirty-one to fourteen, I'll be like, okay, that's. Despite the 10 a.m., but despite the cross country, I know you don't get credit for blowing out the Redskins, but I'm going to give them credit for kind of maintaining that level of excellence. The number one guy I'm keeping my eye on is Dante Pettis, who last week had three catches, 45 yards, three first downs, had some broken tackles, a sweet high point play. Like, can this guy start giving you four to five catches, 50 to 70 yards, and every other game like a touchdown? Then I think you start feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Because even though Marquise Goodwin can't catch a cold, he does a lot. He just flies. 
Like they had a clip last night where Tyreek Hill on the play, I think before Mahomes got hurt, or maybe it was like a Matt Moore, I can't even remember. But we're just like seven guys, like legitimately two and a half guys followed him in the back of the end zone in the red zone. And it's just, it's the thing people tell you about Cleveland. Like you you throw on the all 22, Odell, everyone's following him. You know, and there is something to that. Like it's basically the equivalent of like a shift in baseball. They, they are just prepared for this guy. And you don't even need to throw it to him. And that's where the offensive coordinators go. Andy would tell you, that's the thing about our offense. If we got three or four guys, like, you're going to double Tyree Kill. We got Travis Kelsey. That means he's going to be one-on-one. We're going to win that every time. Well, if Marquise Goodwin can keep dragging people along and everyone's focused on Kittle, Dante Pettis should be able to eat. And I, I will give him – I've been hard on him, as most people have. He looked pretty physical last week, like getting up field, putting his shoulder down. Like he's had some moments. Now, mo- there's a big difference between moments and becoming a player. But usually, usually, if you don't just go from drafted to player, which not everyone does, Devontae Adams. Remember, people were like, this guy suck? And now it's like, when's Devontae going to come back? But he went through like two and a half years of, does this guy suck? Now, I don't think Don- Dante Pettis will ever be as good as Dante Devontae Adams, for example. But I do think we see guys that... Dante Pettis can go on to have a long career where you go, it started really slow, and then he became a very solid NFL player. Because is it is it fair to say that I thought he was overdrafted, but he was a really talented guy. Like, he was a, a, a big-time player on a team that made the playoffs. He, was, he has all these crazy stats about punt returner. It's hard to be a good punt returner if you're a puss. Like, that's just... It, there was a play last week. Was it the Niner game? I don't know what it was, but the guy muffed the punt. And I, I just tweeted out, like, I do give the benefit of the doubt sometimes to Muff Punt guy. Like, I, I'm not going to rip Muff Punt guy. He has multiple people that weigh 200-plus pounds that run four 440s. That's what the gunners you typically run. Running full speed for 40 yards, attempting to get the perfect hit of where he catches the ball and they're two steps away, not in the halo, and kill the guy. Like, that is... That has to be one of the most underrated jobs in America because typically the punt returner is not a starter. Like, that's his role. That's tough, you know. At least kickoff, you get a little time to see, and you can always make a business decision like, fucking, I'm kneeling. In the punt, you got like two seconds where I'm either putting my hand up, and if I'm on the wrong yard line or or my special team coach catches that that player was 15 yards away and I put my hand, I'm getting crushed. So, but I'm looking down. These guys are running full speed. I know they're 15 yards away, but they feel about three. Like, that's an underrated position. And Dante Pettis did this. Now college isn't the NFL, but it's still, I mean, it's still Division One brother as Dan Hogg, and he did it at a high level. And I, I'm just, I, I have a little belief after last week when I saw a little urgency to the guy. Yeah, I, I'm with. I mean, because he's been challenged, and there he's been challenged repeatedly, and there have been times where he's been challenged and. He hasn't immediately played great, and so I think because of that, you go, oh, maybe he just doesn't have it. But he hasn't, he hasn't shrunk from it. I'm with you. He, I'm, I'm kind of re-energized a little bit. In my level of hope for Dante Pettis. Because wouldn't you say, like, when he got drafted at, I think it was pick 41, and they traded up, it was kind of a wow moment. But he wasn't one of those guys. Like, did you just take a guy in the second round that you could have gotten the sixth? He was a guy that I was like, eh, I'd probably take him third. You know, so his quote-unquote overdraft wasn't three rounds different. I think most people thought he was a second-day player. I just, again, value liked him more probably mid-third than early second. 
But, like, we're not... It's not that big of a difference, right? right. <laughs> Google third rounders. Like, T.Y. Hilton raises his hand. Like, a lot of good players have gone in the third round. Alvin Kamara raises his hand. Like, you get starters in the... Akella Weatherspoon, Fred Warner. Like, you get legitimate players. Gabe Jackson. So, he should be able to come, become, like, a 60-catch guy in this league. Right? Because he, he should be, to me... He has the talent to average four or five catches a game. Where, like, Marquise Goodwin, to me, does not. Because he doesn't catch the ball. Like, he just, it just does not come natural for him. Now, luckily, he runs a 3-9-40, so you at least can use him as a gadget. Because that would be, because I was of belief, like, when you hold on to a guy like that, he's going to let you down 90% of the time more than he's going to do something. And he did last game, right? Even though the ball was underthrown, it hit him in the dick. And it hit the ground. Like, how does that happen? You're in the NFL, a wide receiver. Because would you say, like, in in any Deshaun game in his life, how often have you seen him just drop, like, balls like that? You know, like, so if you are going to be a speed guy, but they do, like, Ted Ginn, you saw for years, like, drop that play. But he's so fast, he's still going pretty strong. So there is just a unique quality and attribute when you have that elite speed that, they overlook it. We're like Dante. They're not Dante. They're not going to overlook your drop. Like you can't drop that. Ball. Right. Right. You know, like Marquise. Like, oh, well, at least he spread the field. Now that not for me. I, I hate that. I, I despise fast player that can't catch. It's just pet peeve of mine. Now, granted, I've only been. I was just around the one guy that could. I mean, Deshaun is some of the best hands on the team. Now the difference of him, he's had this injury. I don't know if you noticed, Deshaun's been gone. He had week one, he had two, two touchdowns, like 180 yards. No one's seen him since. Nobody. And how he's just taking heat in Philly. Isn't it crazy how fast is GM? Like everyone, Roseman landed Deshaun! And now it's like, why is our fucking team so old? It's like, you can't really, unless you just win. If, if you lose games in any sport, people that applauded you for moves are then going to be critical of the moves that they liked. Because you can always do the counter. Well, of course we got this guy for cheap. You know, no wonder he was available. Well, you were the same guy that was writing on the front page. Like how sweet of a move it was. Didn't Doug Peterson have to have to? Didn't he send like a message to the fans this week about everything? Well, I, everybody I, just chill. I, I, I was I was in bed this morning, and he he must talk at like nine thirty, Philly time. Because I was I gotta roll over, look at my phone, and he's talking, so I just clicked on it. I guess someone on the Eagles, an anonymous player, I don't know who he told this to, but was mad that they weren't checking down enough. <laughs> like that was never heard of that. We, yeah, we don't check down enough. So they asked I've never Doug, heard Doug, of that. Doug started laughing. He's like, I don't know who said this, and like I'm not gonna pretend like this guy made it up. So I'm not gonna shoot down your source or whatever. But he's like, I've never heard like the history of time. It's always you throw the ball too deep, you throw the ball too far. No player, he's like, I played in the league, has ever asked for more checkdowns. <laughs> like that's just, you know, was it a running over. back by chance? <laughs> yeah, just he laughed. He was in a pretty good mood in the press conference this morning. Not checking the ball down enough. You know what the uh, 49ers third quarter score is? By the way, I mean, I mean it's got to be like eighty to seven or fifty-five to fourteen. Aren't aren't it's they the, the biggest... number two team in point differential just in the league behind New England right now? Yeah, yes, and they're number one in third quarter differential. Wouldn't you Eagles say, are actually fifth in that category. So to me, isn't that a pretty good, you know, uh, determining factor? Like you got pretty good coaches come out of the, yeah, come back out of halftime and make a little adjustment. 
Because you you know what stat that I'm just I don't care much about? How many points you score in the first drive? Like guy, every fucking coach. Like last night, Denver Broncos right down the field touchdown. I would say like that. that that's the equivalent of like. You know, your big thing always was just in different businesses when people are like, I work hard. You're like, yeah, welcome to any business. Like, everyone works hard. Like, if you're an NFL coach, you should be able to score points in your first drive. Like, that's, that's like coaching one-on-one. Every team in the league should average like 3.5 points of possession. You'd pay guys drive. who can adjust on the fly. Honestly, I might not even look at that number. To me, it's kind of irrelevant. You should take out the first drive. Then. You, honestly, you should. Because I and this isn't like a shot at Gr- I mean Gruden's good at it too, but it, most coaches are. Like last week, what what did McVeigh do? Right down the field, touchdown. They didn't even flinch. It was like boom, boom, bang, bang, touchdown. Because you literally have all week to to prepare for something that they have no fucking clue what's coming, none. And then it, I would say for the most part, for just decent to above average teams, they score with ease on that play, or they just move the ball. That's why I do think like three and outs on the first possession are glaring sometimes. Yeah. You guys practice these plays, which you clearly probably practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the walkthrough Saturday. And I think you just might sneak one of those in on one of those 15-minute before the game when you're, you know, you're running your offensive defense. Maybe not, I guess, because they're watching. I don't know exactly the philosophy on that. Maybe you just throw out random-ass plays on those so you kind of throw them off. Like, is there a chance Belichick every year has just – run fake plays on those situations. Well, he thinks they matter because he sent his son to the Bills sideline, remember? Yeah, then Sean McDermott tried to fight him. Uh, will the Redskins get a first down this week? Rams didn't yes. get it. I mean, yeah, sorry. Will. Let me. Con- will they get a third down conversion or a fourth down conversion is what I mean. Because remember, That's, the Rams did not. Rams were 0 for 13 combined in that stat last week. I think sometimes when you say that stat out loud, you're like, they went three and out on every drive, and then you go back and you just watch the game. Obviously, you know that didn't happen. Well, you go, oh, they got a lot of first downs on second downs, you know, because they did. Again, they drove the first. They, they did get, even as the game progressed, I would say, yeah. You know, you'd be hard-pressed. That's just an unheard-of number. Like, you could have a great day. Like, wouldn't you say if you're 2 for 10 on third down, getting off the field? It probably wouldn't be 2 for 10. I mean, it's not the seven. recipe, but it's not impossible. What's not the recipe? You're saying you could have a great day as an offense no, or as a defense? I, I, as a defense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, as long as they're under 50%, you're in pretty good shape. You know, it's when they're like, God, they were 9 of 12 on third down. You're like, well, you weren't getting off the field. Because no. it's just they control the clock. And if they're that they efficient keep... on third down, do they are they even getting the third down? Yeah, so how many of their drives are they getting on second down? I think when you look at this Washington team, they got that rookie receiver, I think number 17, McLaren, I think is his name. He's been unreal. Like He's like their best player on the team. Then other than that, like Jordan Reed, concussions. Vernon Davis, like 80. Darius Geis is injured. Adrian Peterson is just happy Jay's gone. Like they aren't. (laughs) Josh Norman hasn't tried in three years. They got a bizarre squad. And I saw someone tweet like, is Washington title town now? I guess the Mystics won the WNBA. The Caps won the Stanley Cup a year ago. And the Nats are in the World Series. Wow. Whatever, like, the Nationals tweet. How about the Wizards? Uh, they stink. If you just go to Nationals Twitter, yeah. every response is like, like, 
And what about the Redskins? It's always back to the football team. Like, they're not allowed to take part in this whenever, like, they quote a national tweet. Like, right. go get them, guys. Right. Like, fuck you. Stay away from our it's parade. It's like D.C. United. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Dan, stop tweeting about us. Uh, all right. Before we get to the uh, Raiders. Would you say he'd 100% get booed if they let Dan Snyder throw out the first pitch of the World Series? Yeah, I think he would. <laughs> yeah, I think he would, too. I mean, the Yankees fans were booing Adam Ottavino, who admittedly hasn't been great, but he grew up a Yankee fan. All he ever wanted to be was a Yankee. And here he is in his first year as a Yankee, getting booed off the mound. Uh, this podcast... They have, some, they have some terrible ABs. ...is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek, it's very easy. We've been telling you about SeatGeek for a long time. Keep sending us uh, DMs of you using. Show us the photo, which is, it doesn't get you anything, but our appreciation... Uh, Ten bucks off when you use the promo code Ham at SeatGeek. If you were in New York tonight, would you go to the Yankee game? Because if you were, you go download the SeatGeek app and just yeah, go to the Yankee game. Promo I would. Code Ham. Then if you're in the Bay Area, you want to go to the Cal game tomorrow. Boom, SeatGeek. You're in LA, you want to go to uh, the USC game tomorrow. Boom, SeatGeek. You want to go. You live in Washington, you want to go to Redskins Niners. Boom, SeatGeek. Just SeatGeek, SeatGeek, SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app. I was thinking about going to Luke Combs, the country singer. He's coming to Golden One Center. Uh, next week, mm. also SAP, but it actually might be easier for me to go to Golden One. Probably would go than attack the fucking South Bay. Uh, SeatGeek promo code Ham, easiest thing to use. Get yourself tickets, concerts, you name it. So in two weeks, I just checked this morning. In two weeks, uh, I'm gonna be a week after next in New York for a few days. Yeah, and I was thinking, it turns out that that w- game six and game seven of the World Series would be like that Tuesday, Wednesday, potentially. Yeah. And if the Yankees are in it. They need would be hosting. Back. They'd have a better record than the Nats. Yeah. So I need them to come back. Count anymore, huh? No. The question, John, is how much of a green dot do what I need on the SeatGeek app to buy a World Series ticket, Game Six or Seven? With the Yankees? Yeah. Yankees, Nats, Game Six, Game Seven. And just think about it. You're naturally going to have a decent amount of like Washington people living in New York. Obviously, they would be playing to win their first World Series. So my the first I thought about I think. My what would you th- say the getting in price would be? Two fifty for the worst seat in the house. I think it would be higher than two fifty. Two hundred fifty dollars. I think oh, it would be higher. G- yeah, I mean, especially if you're talking game six and seven. Game so you six might or have seven. A to win Yankee Stadium, Yankees, Nats. You're right. What Nats, would you, what would you right. say? Cheapest ticket then? Seven hundred. Yeah, I think your average ticket's probably with some less, some higher. Yeah, a thousand bucks, maybe more. So, yeah, I kind of talk. I've I this morning I kind of gave myself a pep talk. Now, here's the thing. The Yankees aren't going to be there, so I might yeah, get off the hook. Yeah, but I can't be – like, I think I would be willing to pay, like, 1500 bucks a ticket. To watch the Yankees win the World Series. Well, that's what I would hope. If it's 7-2 to two in the fifth inning, I'd be pretty pissed. Well, especially your wife's a big Yankee fan. It would be a pretty cool moment. Now, I, I think the question you'd have to make, let's say it's 700 for, like, nosebleeds. That's kind of hard to stomach, right? That Yeah, I would pay – I would pay twelve hundred dollars to sit to, for a decent seat, like a club level seat, or over like seven hundred bucks for the. But it might be. But here the problem is, it, you say that it's like, well, yeah, that we'd all pay twelve hundred bucks. That's why the price is seventeen fifty, Dick. Yeah, right? I don't know if you what you would consider a good seat. Correct. You're right for we game six or seven that you would consider twelve hundred dollars. So if it's fifteen hundred dollars to sit in the nosebleeds, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you'd be screwed. I. I mean, think or about do it, I? Or we do were, you? Or if it's Game Seven and it's a thousand dollars for the worst seat in the house, do you just pay it? Guy, the Yankees are going to lose in five, so it doesn't even matter. That's a good point. The series is over. 
Who's pitching tonight for the Yankees? Verlander. Okay, they're fucked. The guy, Granky was in major shape. On the ropes. And they couldn't get off. Yeah, nope. and they... Uh, couldn't do I, it. Lost the series for, right there. Hard. I don't like the Astros. I don't know why. I just, I've I rooted like for them before, but I, I was rooting for the Yankees, yeah. I just don't like the Astros. Something I don't, about them. But, uh, in other years, I've liked them, but this year I'm, I'm rooting for the Yankees. Um, and then I'll root for the Nats if I need to, but... Uh, I like the Astros to some degree. I like a lot of their players, honestly. But how know, drunk man. do you think the Nationals got the night that they swept? I guess they was... had ten days off. I mean, yeah, they had I... nothing to do. <laughs> they didn't get off. You see, first, I'm FP like, God. Santangelo's Jr. tweeted out his dad was at some bar and they were doing chants. Yes. And there was like 500 people there. Because FP Jr. Going... tweeted like, "Will somebody please get this man a water? Sign and a concerned just, son." You just realize. <laughs> When you make your first run, especially when you've been good for a while, I think, so you've kind of tasted it, that had to be pretty sweet, you know, for just the the guys, like people like me and you, that if we had lived in Washington, we had watched all their games, like you're rooting for the squad. What's funny that is had to be a pretty cool moment. My dad grew up a Washington Senators fan, same logo, team left. He so kicked him to the curb? Well, okay, just there was like. Then they they were gone. I mean, they were gone for like this is the Montreal Expos that are in the World Series, not the Washington Senators. It's funny they used to talk about like I heard Simmons say this like last week. He's like, you know, the crazy part about being a Patriot fan, like the early '90s, they were talking about you know moving them to St. Pete or like they were gonna they or to Ugh. Jacksonville. Like I just think we used to talk about movement and franchises. It doesn't quite happen as much anymore. It's just way too much. Who leaves? You know, you're just making too much money. Yeah, there used to be less, less like, yeah, owners that could just do whatever there, they there, wanted. There. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't really happen like that. All right, uh, doors cracked Let's open the for the, doors cracked open for the Raiders. John, how about some positivity here, man? Uh, I'm positive. Okay, bye week, Packers, Mahomes injury. I always hear. I love when people say like, you know, it's a fan. I would never want to win it because somebody else got hurt. I'm always like, really? That's bullshit. Like, well, if I told you right now Mahomes doesn't get hurt and you don't make the playoffs or Mahomes get hurt and you got a chance, you'd be like, well, you know, it's football. As long as not life-threatening or anything, right? Right. That's what everybody <laughs> – so I don't ever buy that from people. And I'm not even saying anyone said that. But you hear that. I'm like, we want to do it the right way. It's like, yeah, I mean, you don't want to cheat. Okay, but you're not going to give it back because, well, truly they were the better team. So the door is open for him here. Now the schedule's still difficult, but – we have been looking at them a little differently since the last two games they've played, particularly the way they played in London against the Bears and beat the Colts. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen them, it feels like. What would be more shocking this weekend? The Redskins upset Kyle Shanahan and the Niners or the Raiders win on the road in Green Bay? Uh, well, I think it's the, Ra- the Redskins beat the Niners. Just because they're terrible? Yeah, they're a disaster. Where you go, the Raiders are 3-2. and two. Right. And, they, you know, there is their formula is pretty simple, right? The the time of possession is heavily in their favor. They just run the ball, control the clock, and try to play in a game that they can win twenty to seventeen. Right? That's they're they're not beating this team. If if Rogers score, if I tell you the Packers score thirty points, you go the Raiders have no shot because they're not scoring that many points just on the road against this top defense. They, the guy, their, their stats against quarterbacks, QBR yards per attempt. Uh, are, is not good right now. And they've been playing Chase Daniel and playing shitty quarterbacks. 
the one thing you would say, the Packers' offense has been a little off, but I do think that Rodgers, the last like three or four weeks, has looked like Aaron Rodgers. Has he not? Yeah. Just that Monday night game moving around and throwing darts. Devontae's out, uh, he announced today. Valdez Scantling might come back. But the Raiders, I saw Vic tweet, like, Terrell Williams is, I guess Gruden said the other day, like his plantar fasciitis is not good. He's right. he's nowhere to be found at practice. Like, eventually, you can't just Hunter Renfro. And, I mean, Darren Waller, great story, pretty cool. You know, and I, I said at the beginning of the season, for every guy like him, like I, I wasn't betting on him because they usually don't come through. But every once in a while they do. Incredible turnaround story. He's been awesome this year. He got a contract extension. Cool. I mean, that's... We never talk about the good things in the NFL. Guy turned his life around. He's a, good, a drug addict. Uh, and he's one of their better players. Hell, he's their go-to guy as, in the, as a pass catcher right now with Terrell Williams out. How do you beat the Packers without your number – really your number one wide receiver never even made it this season? Your number two wide receiver is now injured. You, this, one of the better stories of the NFL, you have to depend on the guy. Well, it's like they can just cover that guy. And the Raiders – like on some stat today about yards per attempt from a rushing standpoint, they've been one of the better teams in the league mm. uh, between the tackles. And the Packers are like defensively one of the best teams in the league of, a, of not allowing yards between the tackles as a rush defense. So it's one of those like, well, something's got to give, right? right? And you just say, well, it's going to be a good matchup, but I just think Green Bay is going to be like, well, their strengths are strength. Let's fucking go, you know. Now I think the Bears said that last week, and it didn't go well. Yeah. Now their problem though was they couldn't score, right? The Bears' offense was hideous. Yeah, but it's like they were game, getting. It's like they were really getting to Derek a ton. As a pass rushing group, yeah. I mean, they got well, to, Khalil. Wasn't that the great part about running the ball? You can't just pin your ears back. Like that's what Gruden would say. Like you can't pass rush just because we we just we pound the ball down your throat. When we get in positions where we can't run the ball, that's where we get screwed. So if they can just maintain the rushing offense on the ground, they're in pretty good shape. I just don't. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Well, I agree, but I'm just like they're a four and a half point underdog here. Like I I think if you, we had talked about this game two weeks ago, is that what number you got? Yeah. Well, tell me, maybe it's four. You're right. All right. That number's gone down, guy. So people were bet people were betting the Raiders. I, I had it five and a half yesterday. Oh, Sharp's coming in, hammering Gruden. You always believed Gruden wants to stick it to him for the Canada game debacle. <laughs> I saw someone ask Lafleur on like Wednesday. Yeah, like is it a little weird? I'm like weird. Fucking, he, they didn't want to play on the shitty field. What what was he supposed to do? And he's clearly, he can be shoved around. He's not Mr. Personality. But Gruden was in the wrong, right? Have we all acknowledged that? That Gruden was the alpha. But alpha he was wrong. Him. In that situation, we tried to bully him. Yeah. It, well, he was wrong, right? There was a hole in the end zone. A hole. They played on an 80-yard field. Biggest debacle of the season. Second to the Lions game, maybe refereeing. Uh, Non-player pre- is the preseason though. I haven't forgotten, guy. <laughs> I I'm, I'm the one that had to bring it up. I'm kidding, Raider Nation. I feel like you forgot. I mean, you win this game now. Let's talk about the division because of the Patrick Mahomes injury. The Raiders are three and two. Guy, if they win this game, it'd be one of the stories of the league. They'd be four and two. That'd be yeah, nuts. Yeah, and we'd have to go. You know what? They got a chance. 
if they win, they would have beat three straight playoff teams. If they win this game, I think it would be one of the bigger upsets of the season. I know number wise it might not be, but that would be a holy fuck moment to beat Green Bay on the road and be four and two, where I think most of us thought like one and five. I left them for dead two weeks ago. Going, we're going into the Colts game, so a month ago. Yeah, I think most of us did. I know I did. If, if they win this game, we're going to start going Jim Moore Sr. playoffs. And that's just the reality of their situation. If they And I've said it, if they win one of these next two games, you would think they're eventually going to get their ass kicked. You would think. Just they're not that their talent isn't there. And the Packers, they are just really good. You know, I get they're missing players, but they still got Rodgers. He just makes plays, and then their defense is just top-notch, and it's in Lambeau. That's the other thing. It's This isn't London. This is Lambeau. So they've, yeah, it's coming off a short week, but they were home for the Lions. Like, if you are going to get the Monday night, and then you got to play Sunday, you want those games to be home and home, right? It makes it much easier on you. Right. The hardest they- scenario is, like, short week, Monday on the road, come home, and then get another road game Sunday. That's where you feel like you're getting screwed. Have they ever made a team play Monday night and then Thursday night? You think that'd be impossible? I don't think that. God. No, <laughs> that would be impossible. Um, so Rodgers thought about it. Like, do you think we can get in like three games? How many wins with Mahomes? Let's say Mahomes is out four games, five weeks, okay? Four games plus the bye. Comes back for the Raider game, right? Why I looked at it like this: if he if he had missed the season, would the Chiefs have still got to nine and seven? Uh, five and two. Oof. They're five. Could they go four and five down the stretch? They got all three division games at home. They got the Titans on there. Then they got some tough ones. I mean, they got the Patriots. They got the Bears. They got the Packers. The Vikings. Like it's not an easy schedule, right? Part of the reason it's a hard schedule just for the AFC West in general is you drew the hardest division. Like, the, they kind of got unlucky that they drew the NFC North this year. Like, you would have signed up for a lot more divisions beside the NFC North, right? Like, when you just look at a back-to-back of Green Bay, Minnesota, you're like, fuck, that's not an easy back-to-back, is right. it? No. No. Neither is Green Bay-Houston. It's not the same division, but Green Bay-Houston-Detroit? For the Raiders, it's brutal. So, so how many wins? The, so so but, the AFC West drew the AFC North and the NFC South. Like that's just not easy. No. Um. So, right now, let's say Mahomes four weeks plus the bye, he misses four games. How many wins does it take to win the AFC West? I think nine and seven is a lock to win the division. So if you're the Raiders, you can really you can split these next. To, if you get one of Green Bay and Houston, now, it dep- like if you play Green Bay well and lose, and we go, well, maybe they can beat Houston next week. What if you can go one and two in these next three games? So you, so you are three you're, and four. You know, and just have to get, or excuse me, you're no, three you're and two four now. And four. You're you're four and four, and then so you play the Chargers the Lions game. Yeah, going into Chargers, Bengals, Jets. I do think we got to look at the Jets a little differently now that Sammy's back. You do. It's a road game, too. They go Jets, Chiefs back-to-back on the road, both. I mean, we and the just Chiefs saw, are coming off a bye, so that's an L. Wouldn't you say the Cowboys are just much more talented than the Raiders? 
they got the living piss beat out of them going to MetLife and playing Sam. So I, I, I do think that Sam and that team, where everyone looked at them like, oh, they're the 0-5 Jets. Yeah, that was with a guy that got a kissing disease. You know, it's, there's a reason they drafted him. I don't know if you guys remember. Number three overall. And a, a lot of people were saying once he came back, people were like, yeah, don't forget, that's the same guy that had USC going to the Rose Bowl. Like, this guy's a pretty special player. I, I know everyone tried to forget about him and act like he was average. Like, he's better than Baker. I, I, I'm pretty comfortable. Like, if, if I said guy, you can get Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold the next 10 years. Who are you taking a shot with? Sam Darnold. I wouldn't even hesitate. It'd be a no. I, I think a guy would be a no-brainer for most people in the NFL, and I, I think it would have been coming into the season before we even people. He's just kicking Baker when he's down. No, I, I like Baker. I always like Sam better. Now, granted, I like Josh Rosen a lot too, and that's not looking great. No, but you know you can make excuses for him. Not his fault. You know, Brian Flores. Yeah, I don't, I don't even – name the starter for the year and he's benched within a half or a game and a half, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I've given up even trying to summarize what his career is going to look like. <laughs> you told me he retires at the end of the year. I wouldn't even <laughs> – I would not believe you, would you? To pursue tennis. Yeah. We're just like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my shot at Goldman Sachs. I'm be like, yeah, I could see that. I guess he doesn't have a degree, but does that even matter when Josh Rosen? Probably not. I – uh I don't think they have to win this game to have a chance to win the division. But the way they play in this game will affect whether or not we think they can lose and have a chance to win the division, right? I think that it would be very – I think it would be impossible to win the division if they don't upset one of these next two games. Because they, they're going to go to the Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. No well, they're not. I mean, because they, Kansas City's coming off a bye before they go play the Chiefs, and the Raiders are coming off of a game in New York. So it's, I, that's, they, you can tell me right now, Matt Moore plays that game, and I'd probably pick the Chiefs today. 1,000%. If they win one of these next two games, you've, I will be on the train that they can win the division. If they don't, I just don't think that the numbers don't add up. Especially with Mahomes not being out for a whole uh, season. Spe- yeah, and mainly because the Chiefs already beat you, and they're already a game better than you. So, but they're actually two games better than you because they already have the advantage. And the other thing the Chiefs have going for them, like, are the Raiders just some lock to go into Denver and get a win whenever the hell they play that game? No. You know, that's just not the way it works. That no. place is just tough, even if they suck. Uh, NFC Frank, playoff? Hmm? Frank Clark doesn't get to run uh, against Garrett Bowles for the Raiders because they don't have Frank God. Hey, Garrett, <laughs> might be time to bend. Like, what I don't understand really quick about Elway guy. Well, I actually have is, some Elway stuff if we want to get to that later. But I, I just don't see why he holds on to, like, draft picks. I get if you're just a typical GM, like, your picks, it's, you just got to ride it till the, the ship goes down. If you're John Elway, just bench guys. Like, who cares? Like, so what you miss on a pick? You've been missing on a lot. Just go to the next guy. That, but he's like, that, that specific player is getting them killed every week. He, like, averages, like, 15 holding penalties a game. Like, legitimately averages, like, three. Even Mark Slareth, who's boys with Elway, was tweeting last night, like, they have to bench his ass now. This is stupid. Like, this is... You're better off just putting a yellow cone right there. I mean, this is... You can't function. He's like... He's like Jonathan Martin right now. You you can't... When you have a tackle that bad, you're off it. You, it'd be like a point guard that can't dribble. Like, you can't even... It's just impossible. Or a pitcher that can't throw a strike. You can't even play the game. Especially when you're going up against a team with a decent pass rusher, let alone a guy that's 
pretty fucking good. He's going to kick his ass. But I guess, I guess Elway, I mean, probably what made him a great player and businessman, he's just stubborn. I got a great Elway stat for you later. Um, but real quick, the NFC playoff picture, because just in terms of games, we'll rattle through some games here, but games this week, as they relate to the NFC playoff picture, they do line up. Um, especially that Sunday night game with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Because the Niners are going to benefit regardless how the game turns out, right? Because one of those teams is going to have four losses in October 20th. Right. So that's that's a positive. Uh, and just the Niners are playing the Redskins. Minnesota-Detroit play each other this week? To me, that's a little bit of a swing game if Detroit upsets them. I just... I kind of think Minnesota's just good and going to be in it for the long haul. Like, I think we nitpick Cousins. I mean, I do. But, like, he shows against Philly. Like, there was some pressure on him, and he came out the gate swinging. Like, he still can have moments. They're just – his talent is so high. To me, the swing game, though, is more – Rams and Falcons? Well, because I I, I don't say that just because I assume the Rams are going to win. Okay. I think it's like Saints-Bears because – if the Saints beat the Bears, we start looking like the Bears are just out. Like, they're just not going to be a playoff team. And Detroit, I think if Minnesota beats them, we don't need to worry about Detroit anymore. The game that I think kind of has some implication would be, I don't think this is going to happen, but if can Baltimore go into Seattle and beat Seattle and they'd have two losses, I'd say that would be, you know, an early career-defining win for Lamar if you right. were to do that. So how would you? Like, do you, do you feel good about Lamar Jackson going into the 12s when they're kind of feeling themselves right now? That play's going to be rocking. He's going to have a good game. Even if their defense is, as you rattled off the names the other day, we, we don't even know who these humans are. <laughs> would you be shocked to see Lamar Jackson have, like, a four-touchdown game in Seattle? I would be shocked. I'd be shocked just to see the Ravens win somehow, some way there. So I think if you're the Niners, you're heavily rooting for Baltimore. And you're Ra- probably you're rooting root- for the Raiders. You're rooting for the Raiders, and I think you're just kind of rooting for like just the Saints to just kind of knock the Bears out. Really? And you, you're not rooting for the Bears? Well, because then if you're, if I guess you beat, home, you're talking home field. Yeah, because then you're if you beat the Redskins, you're six and zero. Green Bay's five and two. New Orleans is five and two. The only other team now, the I mean, in theory, the Lions. Well, no, the Lions have two losses, so the only well, other team if, with if one Mi- loss would be Seattle. So if Minnesota wins, they'd be five and two. But I don't you think the Niners are eventually going to lose a couple games? Yeah, it does feel a little early for that, but I understand what you're saying. You're saying, like, well, let's just get the Bears out of here because Minnesota's not going anywhere anyway. New Orleans it, it, isn't going anywhere. The Packers it, aren't going anywhere. If you told Niners brass you have the power to pick one team to get upset, do you think they'd pick Seattle? Yeah. Or would they pick the Rams just to knock them out completely, or are they not even thinking about the Rams more Seattle? I think you pick Seattle. For me, part of that, too, is just – I'm trying to figure out what Seattle is. It's just well, it's not just the math. It's also just trying to figure out who they are. If they get beat at home by Lamar Jackson, all of a sudden I'm like, wait, wait a second, maybe we can. But up there. you know, I know the Ravens haven't beaten anyone, but they're still the Ravens, and they got John Harbaugh, and they are four and two. Like it's not that crazy, right? Yeah, I don't know. But going up to me, going up there, if you win, it says a lot about you, but it does say something about them too. If you had to rank these teams, Minnesota, New Orleans, Seattle, how would you rank them? New Orleans, one. Um, wouldn't you describe it like, I think we all like Minnesota's roster better than Seattle, but I wouldn't trust Minnesota wouldn't beating trust, Seattle like, in a must If they game. played in a playoff game, I'd pick Seattle. Yeah. 
but I, mean, I can't. It happened, and, and the guy missed the kick. Yeah. Is that one of the crazier playoff moments we've ever seen? Blair Walsh missed the kick. I mean, it was a chip shot. Remember it was freezing? Was it like- Wasn't it like one of the guys had frostbite? Remember that? Remember it was a super, super cold game because that their Somebody stadium had hadn't been built? Remember their stadium playing at University of Minnesota. Yeah, and it was it was like negative ten that day. Well, and like Cam Chancellor or something said the next day that like that he had to be treated for frostbite because a lot of those guys in Seattle didn't wear sleeves. Remember? Was that the game that it was uh, you cold? Know, you know what happened that day? Didn't Bud Grant do the coin flip in short sleeves at like eighty three yeah. years old with like a yeah. minus ten? Like you said, I'm wind telling chill? you, guy, it was it was freezing. He, cold. Remember that he came That's out in a good. polo shirt. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And he's 83 he t- years old. Yeah, he got a lot of tough guy credit that day. A lot of tough guy credit. No, he's not 83, John. He's 90. He's 92 <laughs> years old. Yeah, that was bad. At- now, that was like four or five years ago. Okay, yeah. so he was 87 years old. Yeah, it was It was sweet. It was sweet. He got a lot of Twitter credit. And he deserved it, you know. <laughs> it was a tough guy moment for him, for sure. But didn't he? didn't the Ice Bowl take place, like Minnesota versus Green Bay? Because I'm pretty sure that like when Bud Grant was playing or coaching, was he a coach? He was, he was a Falcons coach. Yeah. That, I mean, sorry, a Vikings coach. That they played outside like way back in the day. I don't think there were that many domes in like the 50s, right? Yeah, no, I don't think there were any. <laughs> How did people play baseball in some of these cities with no domes? Wool, wool uniforms. You just played in the cold. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Luckily, the pitchers were throwing eighty two mile an hour fastballs, so you didn't get. But but like the great Bambino wasn't playing one hundred and sixty two games a year, right? Like how many games did he play? How many games? One fifty four. One fifty four. One fifty four. So they still played a lot of games. But by the you know, but they played like Maris hit sixty one in one hundred and sixty two games. So by and that was nineteen sixty one. So. They yeah. were playing 162 by then. God, they've been playing a lot of games for a fucking long time. I know. And for a long time, they did it not on private jets. I don't know if you're aware of this. Well, so how would Tobias Harris' sleep problem, how would he I've, have maintained, you think, back in the day? with, Like, if he had played for the Clippers when I was going down to Disneyland and they had to be at the flight the same time the middle class had to be at the flight at, like, 7 a.m. Southwest flight, do yeah. you think the sleeping arrangements would have been harder? Yeah. Because it feels like all the NBA guys, when they just flew normal, like, you know, Larry Bird, he just won MVPs by not sleeping that much. And if you read some of the stories, makes, they actually would, like, go out and drink. Like, they drink beers and stuff and, like, ate shitty food. You understand why Jim Barnett says he likes to travel with the Warriors, because it's all just such an upgrade for him versus what shit. he used to do. Oh, shit. Because like, you, you, whenever you hear, like, an old-school journalist, they'd be like, you know, some of my best interviews with Bill Russell would be, at the airplane bar, you know, or at the airport bar, or like the airport grabbing a burger with, with, uh, with Julius in know? the meal car on the train. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's when that's when George Brett gave me the best story I've ever received. Uh, all right, some other headlines and games for the weekend. We talked about we talked about a couple of college, really good college Saturday. I don't know if you if I'll see you, if you want to make it out to the marina on Saturday for twelve thirty Oregon Washington game, John. But were you watching it? I don't know. I hadn't, hadn't thought about it. I was uh, at my mom's birthday dinner tonight. Okay. I, w- I might spend the night at her house and then. Oh yeah, play you golf. got you got birthday stuff Saturday, so I. But I was that. gonna. I'm gonna play golf with Jeff tomorrow in the morning in Davis. Okay. So that that would be the plan. Mainly just because I built my whole day. Like, I can watch you know some of the game in the golf cart or whatever. 
with the other games going on, I I am not missing the night game. Like that, do you remember two years ago when Michigan played Penn State? Herb Street took a picture and went kind of viral of the fucking stadium, and they come out to this song with James Franklin leading the guys. I mean, you get chills just watching it. I mean, that place is... What's the song? This, it's like just some pump-up song. I don't even know. Oh, okay. but it's, it's just... It's more that everyone's wearing white. The way they come out and the place just fucking explodes. I do think everyone's kind of been, you know, shitting on Harbaugh's reputation. People think he's way overrated. This is a type moment, the gym that I knew and that I became a fan of, he finds a way to just somehow make this thing happen. And I think what? everyone that follows college football thinks he's got no shot. I hope he does. Now, the last time, remember two years ago, he went there. Saquon Barkley, they... Be- I think Saquon took the first carry, like eighty yards, and it was it was a boat race. He got the shit kicked out of him. What would remember you say that? was, it was the a, first, same deal? Whiteout night game. Yep, I do remember. What would you say was the first great Jim Harbaugh moment that like people identify? It'd be the Pete Carroll upset when he was forty-two point underdog. Right. So I heard Jill Klatt say something this week that I hadn't thought of it this way as two Harbaugh rooters here. It was really interesting. He said, he said, I think Michigan plays, Michigan punches down. Like, if they've got better athletes than you, they play man-to-man. They, they shove you around at the line of scrimmage. They blitz you. They swarm your quarterback. They want to kick your ass. They want to run the ball down your throat. But the second they're not more talented than you, and they can't be the bully, it gets really difficult for them. Like Ohio State and Wisconsin. And I was like, you know what? I hate to say this, but I think he's right. But, guy, what's the different – like, what do most least talented teams – like, how do they overcome that? So, like, what would be – if Michigan carried themselves like Boise State, you're saying, like, they would go into a game where they're not as talented I think he's and try saying to outthink they you? Don't, I think he's saying they don't outcoach anybody. Yeah, they, they can't outthink you. That's as good as them. And so they're when they, or, when they play better, somebody less – Or better than, to overcome it. Or better, yeah. When they play somebody who, who they can intimidate, they can outswag them. But they go into their shell. Now, I don't think they go into their shell. I mean, they've played in some big games. I don't want to make it an oversimplification. They've gotten their ass kicked a lot. But I was like, you know. Well, he's never won a game as as an underdog guy. And he's been the underdog to, like, you know, all the the Ohio State games. I think some of these Penn State games. Some of the bowl games. He's he's winless guy as as the underdog uh, so far. Like, the bowl games against some of the SEC teams. That's what I'm saying, guy. He needs one of these moments. You agree. If he went in there and did not only bully them, but like do a couple like, whoa, didn't see that one coming, he would come back a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. Harbaugh got a swag back? It'd be, it'd be, it would be huge. Go in there and beat a whiteout? Like, everyone wears white, and there's 110,000 people there. And I think Penn State thinks they're a fucking got a national championship team. Now, is that going to bear the reality? I don't know. I'm interested to watch them. If they beat the shit out of Michigan, because is I don't think Michigan's going to win this game, even though I'm rooting for them. But I don't think Michigan is like they're a legitimate top twenty-five team. They're just probably not as good as like the top twelve teams. But if you put them like against the Boise States and the Arizona States and the other like ranked teams past like fourteen, that I think they would win the majority of those games. Because isn't there a chance that Wisconsin is just a top six team? And maybe Penn State is too. Yeah. Maybe the Big Ten is just they their might top both three be teams this year Clemson. are unreal. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so we talked about ASU and Utah and Oregon, Washington, but that's that's a huge that's a huge game. I want to give you this uh, Elway stat I saw in Sports Center this morning. From 2013 to 2018, John Elway has drafted 48 players in Denver. Not one of them has made the Pro Bowl. They don't count on draft free agent. Phil, they Wilson. don't. They don't count on draft free agents. They don't count free agents. In that's that tough, stat, guy. That's now tough. you could say, "Well, wait a second. He signed Philip. He fi- what was he supposed to do? Overdraft Philip Lindsay?" You'd say, "Well, the last couple years, Bradley Chubb didn't make the, the Pro Bowl last year. I guess he didn't." I'll look, but that's the uh, first things first, or whatever. No. What's the Greenberg Brett, show? Uh, get up. Get up. Bradley Chubb, no Pro Bowl. All rookie team, but no Pro Bowl. Well, you'd go for the three or four years with Peyton. They were drafting what? They were in the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl every year. So it was hard. I mean, he's been terrible the last two or three years. Yeah, there's no – I mean, it's just – I guess whoever the main columnist, not Woody Page, but maybe the next guy. Mike Liss? No. No, he would never take the shot. Someone said he did, Elway should get fired. Cliss probably argue with that guy. Take that back. Uh, it's just sometimes when you go back to your alma mater as a coach, or this is pretty unique. This scenario, this doesn't. This happens way less than the coach going back to his alma mater. That happens way more, right? Than like Peyton Manning's running the Colts or Michael Jordan's running the Bulls. Like that's that doesn't happen very often. What Elway's doing. The chances of it always going to be great were not, we're we're probably low because he's not the coach. So I would argue his, his, one of his biggest issues, he's missed on a ton of picks. There's no way around it. Garrett Bowles is, is a train wreck. But his coaching situation, he went, when Kubiak got sick, he went to Vance Joseph, who was a debacle, and then he took a shot, and I, I like Vic Fangio. I think Vic Fangio's fine, you know? I, if you gave Vic Fangio some of those Peyton Manning teams, they'd probably be excellent. But he's not. Like, there was a reason that he didn't get a head coaching job until he was 65 years old, or maybe he's a little younger than that, 62. I just think there's only so much he can do. Like, their problem, you watched last night, is not. It's offense. Like, I, I, their Broncos are tough, and they're physical, and they're getting pass rush is fine. Their, their offense stinks. It's terrible. So, Fangio, let's say they fire this guy that he hired from the Niners, Rich Baganananana. What's Fangio going to do? He's just going to hire some other guy like that. You're just so dependent on that guy. And in the moment, if they had any that guy would leave. That, that's where I think the knock, and we've talked a lot about this over the last several weeks, as Robert Sala, like, is he going to get? If I was a decision maker, you were a decision maker, a GM or an owner, that would all, that's always what I'd come back for. Be like, the goal of this whole thing is either we already have the franchise guy here, the quarterback I'm talking, or we're trying to land that guy. Don't I need my coach to be with him? Like, to be able to actually influence him and coach him, not just be like, you know, like the best case scenarios are like Harbaugh and Tomlin, but those guys are kind of outliers more than most of like the defensive guy that just gets along with his quarterback. Pete's, I mean, Pete's one of the all-time great coaches. Right. I think most newer defensive coaches we've seen in the last five, six years have not worked out very well. Wilkes and Vance Joseph. But then you start thinking, I, Ron Rivera, I, I've named off a lot of good defensive coaches. 
that run high-level teams. You know, Ron Rivera, Jim Har or John Harbaugh, Tomlin, Pete Carroll. I'm not even going to include Belichick because he's his own little category. But yeah. Mike, Z Mike Zimmer is another good example. So if, if you do get the right guy, I think you can win. But that, Sean that would that wouldn't that always be your conversation? Sean McDermott. So fuck. Maybe I'm. Maybe it works. Maybe maybe we're the crazy ones. Maybe these guys are going to get jobs because I do think you start going around like young and old. I don't know. Sean McDermott's been a pretty big success. Ron Rivera. So if Sean McDermott makes the playoffs again this year, he's made the playoffs two of three years. Well, I I think what it probably tells you is hire who you think is the best candidate, even if he's a defensive coach. But he better be the best candidate. I do think ties go to the offense, and more so, people go into the process looking for the looking for an. I need an offensive coach. I like that. Ties go to the offense. So if the guy separates himself like Sean McDermott blows you away, you've had to do it. Ty goes to the offense. I like that. Uh, are you kind of fired up for Monday Night Football? By the way, we talk about games this weekend. Well, Patriots, yeah, I want to watch the guy. Play. I, uh, hell yeah, I, I think that game. We talked about most sweet games on Sunday. Probably the one game we left out beside Monday Night Football. Though, while I'm excited, it's a good, tough game for the Jets. Uh, would be Houston at Indy. Would be a game that I'm I'm pretty fired up to watch. Um, uh, what other games? Houston at Indy. Yes, agreed. I like it. Colts getting one point, or excuse Ooh. me, given one point. Indy wins this game. They're four and two. Houston wins this game. They're five and two. Pretty important game for those two teams. Yeah, like you said, Buffalo's in pretty good shape, and they got Miami this week. Um, so Rams Falcons does nothing for you. No. Falcons are one and five. How about the Cardinals at the Giants? No. Uh, None of these other games do anything. But Miami at Buffalo—that's terrible. Now I'll say this about Arizona at Giants: If Arizona goes onto the road to MetLife and wins, guy, they would be three, three and one. <laughs> so we've ripped and talked a lot of shit about these guys. Three three and one is not terrible. You know, I got it's one. It's literally the definition of average. You're five hundred and you have a tie. Could it could you be any more average at three three and one? No. No, no. <laughs> I got I, I guess got one the, for you though. I, John, Jacksonville's at Cincinnati this week. They have to win that game if they want any have hope. To win. Have to win. Of Nick Foles coming back and taking them to the playoffs. Must win situation, guy. Must win. Yeah. I think it's a little scary situation if you're Jacksonville. Now, I saw Warren Sharp said this morning, through his first seven games, I guess his he's made what? He started, he came in, he didn't start week one, but Foles got hurt, you know, in like the second quarter of week one. Mm -hmm. So he started every game since. So he's played six and a half games. They have played the number one, if you combine all that schedule, number one passing defenses over that period of time. Wow. The, or the hardest stretch of pass defenses. It now moving forward, Cincinnati and beyond, is the easiest stretch in the league. So Warren was just saying, like, it's actually pretty impressive what he did against the competition. It should get a lot easier. And they do. Like, DJ Charks and D.D. Westbrook are good. So they can throw it. And Flip's going to dial them up. So I, I, like, I like Jacksonville to make a little run now. You get Jalen Ramsey. You get that elephant out of the room. 
he, it's not like he'd even been playing for him. He'd been faking a back injury, so it's on, baby. You know what? Wait a second. You're not excited? Is Jalen Ramsey going to go one-on-one with Julio Jones? Uh, he said he hopes to play Sunday. Yeah, who knows? I, I just think they got so many receivers. Maybe, but maybe not. I doubt it. Like, that's never been – Wade Phillips didn't do that in Denver. Now they had more corners. If they're doing that, yeah. But I, Atlanta's an unwatchable team for me. Unwatchable. Fun team to play on Daily Fantasy. You just play team – you know, against them because they give up a lot of points, but they're they're a tough watch. All right, what else? Anything else? You know, I'm just I should do it. Ready for lunch? All right, time to eat. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.